Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. From the East County, Justin Gallagher. Welcome, Justin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is a family show. We like to hear origin stories, and I was joking with you off the air. You know, tell us from birth all the way on, but I really, I want to profile you, but let's get started here with uh, just kind of how you grew up. Okay, so I grew up in uh, in Harbor Creek, went to Harbor Creek High School all all uh, 13 years, kindergarten through graduation. Um and then I went, moved on, and went to Penn State Barron, and, and uh, went to Penn State Barron for a few years. So you didn't even leave the township. No, I didn't even <laughs> leave the township. I uh, I originally thought I was going to go to University Park and had my deposit, my three hundred dollar deposit down to go there, and then decided I wanted to stay in Harbor Creek, and uh, wow. so I lost the three hundred dollar deposit. What was your uh, <laughs> What was your major at Barron? Uh, finance. Okay. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I did a dual enrollment uh, program that Harbor Creek offers, so I was able to. Uh, knock off a year of college. I graduated the college in so three smart. years, so saved it, a little bit of money there. It it is it, it is really remarkable uh, how how important that is that because you you some some people would say, well, you got to get those AP classes and those advanced yeah. placement classes. Better yet, to go to college and get real credits. Yeah, I mean, the thing with the AP test is that you have to score a certain score, and certain colleges accept certain scores, so. Uh, you know, if you take the dual enrollment classes and you get a C or better, it's guaranteed three credits. So. And did you go to Penn State or Gannon for your dual enrollment? Do you remember? I went to Gannon for the dual yeah. enrollment. And, and but it's pretty it's yeah. pretty much accepted anywhere. Yeah. It, yeah. They, if if they can't find an equivalent class, they'll just accept it as a general education credit. And, yeah. You know, it all works out. Good for you. All right. So done in three years. But it but while you were at school, again, you had your your school load. Did you did you work part time at all while you were in college? Yeah, when I was in school I had an internship at, at GE in finance. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then you decided to run for school board. Correct. So the year uh graduated <laughs> in twenty fourteen, the spring of twenty fourteen, and then the um January of the following year, twenty fifteen, is when I decided that I would run for school board. And at that point I was nineteen years old. All right. I wanna hear the thoughts of a 19 year old why you <laughs> wanted to run and then you ran a race strong enough to win yeah there was a, there was a number of factors but when i was in high school i was in um national honor society i was an officer in national honor society i was a, a officer in student council and then i was a president of a student advisory committee and um the more i saw and and heard uh the more i thought that you know school board members and around the area, even in Harbor Creek too, they run for the wrong reasons. They'll run because they want their uh, son or daughter uh, to have the biggest tuba in the band or for their son to be the starting quarterback of the football team. And and I didn't uh, particularly agree with that. And I, and I thought that there should be somebody that just has a holistic view of, of running for the right reason and, and just trying to do what's best for the community. So are you really saying that it worked for I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to diss your fellow board members, but <laughs> does it actually work that they could use some political sway to get better treatment at the, at the, at the class level, at the school level? I, I, Am I too naive to well, think that that wouldn't happen? No, no. I, I mean, being a board member in a district where your kids go, I mean, I mean, at least you have uh, some amount of influence. I mean, you, sure. you can't, 
you can't give your kids A's and stuff like that. But I mean, you have the superintendents here and you have the administrators mm-hmm. here uh, if any issues do arise so was there something that other than what you saw that were maybe excesses by board members was there something inherent structurally at the harbor creek schools that you wanted to fix so at the time that i ran there were two different superintendents in a period of three or four years so it was a it was a time of instability um, so when I when I decided to run in January, one of my priorities was stabilizing the district leadership. Um, so by the time I w- took office in December of that year, they had already hired a new superintendent. And um, that superintendent is our current superintendent, Kelly Hess, and she um, had a contract extension. She's been a great, terrific superintendent. So that one of those priorities did get solved even before I took office. Um, but we since then have extended her contract. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um so, but that's not all. You joined the board of Erie County Votech. Yeah. Tell, tell me how you hooked into that. So we had, um, my, my first two years on the board, we had a representative at the tech school. Each each of the 11 county schools have one representative that sits on the technical school's board. And um, my first two years on the Harbor Creek board, we had somebody do that. And then he, re- he had um, came off of the board. Uh, he didn't run for another term. So then we needed somebody new to go out there, and uh, by do a, by a five to four vote, I uh, got to go out there. <laughs> but, I mean, listen, listen to this. I mean, most most school districts. I I tell them at the uh, Erie County Technical School. I go, hey, you guys are lucky. You guys all came out here just voluntarily. I had to actually uh, win a five to four vote to oh even my. come out here. Um, but anyway, so the eleven school districts each have one person on on that okay. board. So I've been there for the past two years, and then. The majority of that time, I've been the vice chairman of that board. Okay. And I, w- I want to come back at the Votec because I think it's critical to um, to where we're going as a community in the future, but uh, it's certainly got its challenges. Let's see what else. You created and are the president of the Harbor Creek Alumni Association. Yeah. Um, so last last August, we founded the Harbor Creek Alumni Association. Um, quickly we started like an alumni weekend in October of over homecoming weekend where we have an all alumni party where all Harbor Creek alumni are welcome back. And then we have like a food truck tailgate before the homecoming football game and uh, stuff of that nature. So the long-term vision, um, is to have a distinguished alumni hall of fame, um, which was actually discussed in the Erie times news today. I saw that in the paper. Yeah. Um, so our vision is to have a distinguished alumni hall of fame. So that's, that was one of the primary reasons for establishing the alumni association that when we want to create a positive culture on Harbor Creek. Yeah. I appreciate that. I saw a similar thing developed down at general McLean where they have, of course, you know, known for their sports, known for their performing arts, but they also had something for uh, folks that that are uh, doing well academically and also have done well as as alumni, and so they have their Lancer legacy that they that they do down there. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really important. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's important to recognize all the different facets of high school life, don't you think? Yeah, and I another thing I've thought about is that the private schools do a very good job of showcasing their alumni and. Um, and those alumni exist from public schools too. So, you know, the public schools in the area need to do a better job of being able to showcase that 
even if you go to public school, you can accomplish things. Paul J. White's from Harvard. I was going to say, astronaut. there's mean, only <laughs> one astronaut from Erie County. It's from a public school. Yeah, correct. Um, uh, you're also on the advisory board of the YMCA. Uh, is that like an East County or the whole the whole metro? Yeah, there? Right, right now I'm on the advisory board at the East Side Y. I'm vice chair of that board, and it's my hope to um, get on the metro board um, at some point. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think the Y plays an integral part in, in the community, um, and it's kind of a versatile organization that they can do a lot of different things. Sure. Um, so I, I've became involved with that board last year, so I'm still kind of getting my feet wet a little bit, um, but there's a lot of opportunities there. And then um, you have a day job. You work for Wabtec. What Tell us a little bit about your job, as much as you can. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's it's pretty uh basic uh it's uh it, we work in sourcing so we're you're like a purchasing agent kind of thing yeah okay. um it's uh it, it's pretty complicated in the in the industry that we're in sure. um you know working with suppliers um a lot of the orders that you know the company goes after are um short cycled orders so mm-hmm. trying to come up with solutions to be able to get parts that take you know years to make in a you know, six month time frame. Holy moly. That's that's some of the main challenges of the of the job. But And when you're when you're GE in Wabtech, you can kind of say, Hey, uh you have you have uh, 180 days. You will not have uh, four yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. So they uh, the the leadership challenges us to to get our job done and they, they always stress uh don't play the victim in this scenario. You're not a victim of this, but you know, rather be positive and just find a solution. So that's cool. And then finally, you're working on your master's degree. Correct. What's that going to be in? Uh, master's in business administration at, at MBA. Gannon. Yep. Gannon. Okay. Correct. Good for you. Wow, I, I, that's a, that's a full plate for anybody. But you're a, you're a young person. You got a lot of energy, but that's a full plate. Yeah, it's a it is a, it is a lot, and but I can't imagine it being any other way. <laughs> when I um, when I started doing all that stuff in high school with all the different organizations, and I was going 100 miles an hour, I, I thought I was honestly more productive um, versus you know not having things on your plate, you know, because you're you're able to organize and and uh, make your to do lists and everything, and it, it just it flows better, I think, when you got more to do. This is gonna sound like a pandering question. But is there a, a game console anywhere in your home? There is, but you should see the amount of dust that's on it. <laughs> I was actually just looking at that last night. Um, so I have a um, a TV out the outside, um, out on the patio. So I took it took it off, and I'm I'm putting it in in the house. And I was like, well, maybe I should move that to the other room, and maybe I'll play it more often. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be playing that PS4 anytime soon. You're not going to be playing the PS4, and the, the Nintendo Switch is uh, is just a wistful uh, a wistful purchase. We're talking to Justin Gallagher. We're kind of doing a profile on him. If you want to ask a question, our phones are open at 814-679-1080. We can take a call or a text on that line. 814-679-1080. We're talking to Justin Gallagher. Um, I've been calling you this 24-year-old renaissance man. Do you feel like you're a renaissance man? I saw that earlier on the Facebook page, and I sort of laughed about that. That was pretty good. <laughs> well, I just I just think, you, you know, the how you're approaching life uh, compared to your peers, I, at least the narrative about your peers is pretty remarkable. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of 
a lot of motivated millennials, but there's uh, quite a quite a few of them that give us a, a bad rap. Mm, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's there, I know a lot of people that are kind of out and involved in the community and, and doing what they can. So, well, absolutely. And I guess I'm I'm interested in knowing where the drive comes from and, and where the focus comes. I mean, did you take any classes, read a book? I mean, how much of a reader are you, by the way? I don't read a whole lot. I, I read APnews.com. Um, I, 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 I used to read CNN um, for mm-hmm. a long time, and then I don't read that as much are you, Have you gotten into the, the books, the Gladwell or Jim Collins or no, any of that stuff? I, I've, I've read a couple of, like, the, uh, you know, the presidential candidate books, like uh, Marco Rubio. I read his book in 2016. <laughs> okay. I, I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. I, I tried to get some different perspective. Uh, um, what else do I have? Not not a whole lot of books, though. No. Yeah, I'm reading right now the Jim Acosta book, talking about basically the the meltdown of the Republican Party and the rise of President Trump. It's very interesting to see the narrative yeah. behind the scenes. What, one other interesting thing that I hadn't mentioned yet that I was actually a alternate delegate for the Republican National Convention in 2016. Holy so, moly. Did so you the, go to Cleveland? Yeah. So, yeah, I was an alternate delegate. I was in Cleveland for that convention in 2016. Did you I, meet Junior? <laughs> I did not. I did not meet Junior. No, we, uh, I um, well, it, it was interesting, though, that whole process. And, um, you know, all the delegates are in the same hotel um, for the convention. So okay. all Pennsylvania is in the same hotel. Hotels shut down. Only people that are in there are, you know, Pennsylvania delegates and, you know, other party members. And, and what is an alternative Dude. So, so the de- there's three delegates per congressional district in Pennsylvania, and then if for some reason they can't fill their capacity on that day to actually cast the vote for whoever nominee they want to uh, place their vote for, then the alternate delegate is okay. able to do that. So the alternate delegate doesn't really have a lot of responsibility. <laughs> so uh, I ran. But you to get to a, go to the parties. I, I, I ran to be an alternate delegate, and that's <laughs> uh, that's that's what I did. But anyway, so that one, every morning they had a, a speaker. So they they did have Donald Trump Jr. was there mm-hmm. one morning. Uh, Paul Ryan was there one morning. I, I have a selfie with Paul Ryan. Nice. Um, then a few weeks ago, I actually went to Notre Dame with my dad for a football game, and I ran into Paul Ryan again. And I took another picture with him. Fantastic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I wonder if you have any insight on what's going to happen with him. I mean, he's just kind of out in the sidelines right now. I don't know. I don't know if he'll think he's at 2024. Or or? I, no, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's going to try to get his kids to college at least. Okay. I mean, they're, I think they're like 14, 13, somewhere in gotcha. that area. He's got plenty of time. He's got some time. I think he wants to spend with his kids that he lost in those mm. several years in Washington. That makes but, a lot of sense. When we when we talk about your peers and and there's a lot of different levels that we hear. And again, it's not all negative. I I, I feel like there's a lot of amazing things happening with the millennial generation, and it's so so silly to even speak in these terms with such a broad brush. But it is true that there's just a lot of complaining about uh, trying to find people that are willing to work trying to find people with the right uh, skills. You knew what you wanted to do. You went and got the finance degree. You're, you've been able to be gainfully employed by a Fortune 500 company. Talk about where, where your peers are getting stuck, or, or is, it, is it just uh, fake news? Oh, geez. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it's fake news. I, I, I do think there's quite a bit 
of different challenges in this generation that haven't been um haven't been present in previous generations um and we talk about the um the student loan crisis which i saw a meme on facebook yesterday that's like student loan crisis solved and it was like one layer you took out a loan and then the second layer said now you pay it back (laughs) (laughs) it was kind of funny but you know there are these mounds and mounds of of student loan debt and it's and it's it's hard to come out of um one thing that i i think is imperative that um you know schools start doing and i saw some different legislation on it before but i don't know how if, if it's fully passed or not but I think each college, when when you sign to take out a loan and you have a particular field of study, they also supply you with data of how much that career is average to make, so to speak. So, right. You should be able to see the return on your investment. Yeah. So, you know, say I'm going to Penn State Barron and I have a finance degree and let's say, OK, what's the average return on investment for somebody that had a finance degree from Barron before I take out this loan. I, I think that'd be great because wow. I, I, one thing that I hear all the time from, from people in my generation is that, Oh wow. I didn't know that this job was going to pay this amount of money. And it's like, yeah, you, you might want, you might've wanted to research that beforehand. Well, and it is, it is kind of crazy how you can go and get maybe a sociology degree or go get some, some kind of a social service degree and not realize that for many, many years, you know, when you're doing direct care and social services or something like that, it just doesn't pay very well. And so you might have that debt, especially if you go to private school, you might have $70,000 worth of debt and you're getting paid 32000 a year. That doesn't make any sense. No, it, it, there is a there is a big gap there. I mean, I, do I believe it's market driven? Yes. I mean, I, I do believe that if... Um, you know, if if the jobs were in more demand, I mean, then then the um, salaries would increase. Like, I I believe that skills dictate salaries. If if you want if you want better pay, get better skills. Get more uh, scarce skills, scarcity of skills. If if you, if you have the a set of skills that no one else on the earth has, then you're going to be getting paid a lot of money as long as there's demand for those skills. But just just to play devil's advocate a second, you're you're you have that perspective of coming from Wabtech, formerly GE, the best, the best, basically best paying employer in the community. Somebody that's in finance uh, at a lesser, I shouldn't say lesser, but a different firm may not, they may not match it to, to uh, a 10, 20, 30% uh, factor. How, what do you, what do you do about that? I mean, if they have the skills. Yeah, I mean, I and, and Erie's notorious for that kind of thing, Justin. Yeah, there there is definitely uh, some sort of gap. Um, I mean, I would say for 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 anybody uh, that was is uh, is looking to increase their pay. Uh, I mean, you got to look at what companies are in the area and what they pay. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you want to get paid something differently, then you might you might have to move. I mean, there was a possibility at some point that I was considering having to move, um, and I I ultimately didn't do that. I'm excited to learn more about this young man, 24-year-old Justin Gallagher, 
Uh, I'm calling him our Renaissance man from the from the East County from from Harbor Creek. Uh, he is a member of the Harbor Creek School Board. He is uh, president of the Harbor Creek Alumni Association, a board member on Erie County Vote Tech, on the board of the YMCA of East County, um, uh, coaching basketball. <laughs> oh yeah, what do, we, what, do, uh, what do you got there? We're, we're coaching. Uh, a sixth grade team and a uh, fourth grade boys team in Harbor Creek. And did you uh, play sports for Harbor Creek? For I, I, I did. Um, I had a blood disorder, heart condition thing that kind of stopped my basketball hopes okay. and dreams. Okay. But uh, um, I played until ninth grade, and then the doctor said, "Like, hey, you might want to take it easy." So I said, "Okay, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't want to wow. end up in the hospital or no, anything." No. So, um, so then I played golf and tennis, which were more less strength less strenuous and that was did fun. you get did you get your your handicap down a little bit or no not really I, <laughs> i'm still horrible at golf okay. <laughs> but it is it is it is calmer i i'm interested in in your efforts with erie county vote tech first off you really had a you had to kind of strive to be the designate from harbor <laughs> creek school district to the vote tech you won in a five to four vote but I, I, what are what are the the prevailing issues at Votech? Because if you listen to the governor talk, that is the, they're all in on the trades. Yeah, that that's going to be the key to Pennsylvania's future. What's your take on that, Justin? Yeah, so Erie County Technical School is a is a vital part of our community, and it, and it definitely should be on the radar. Specifically, the biggest issue up there right now is that uh, the building is in need of a renovation. They've been talking about a renovation for over 10 years and haven't been able to come to a conclusion. Um, um, Finally, um, I've been up there for the past two years. Finally, last month, all 11 school districts voted on starting the engineering work phase of the project. And there was a big uh, uh, objection from Mill Creek. Correct. They were wanting their share to be based on the number of students participating vis-a-vis the number of student, the student census. But they turned around on that. You guys got to convince them around that. So, yeah. So they were event, they were proposing there at the end to switch the formula from a market-based formula um, back to a student-based. Um, the market value formula has been in place since the school was founded. The reason for that is because a school like Iroquois school district that's kind of landlocked on, on mm-hmm. development. If they raise taxes so high so that they can pay f- more, it just doesn't make sense relative mm-hmm. to a summit or a, or a mill Creek that has a lot of land that's able to be developed. And if they raise taxes a little bit across a broader segment, it doesn't hurt as bad. Makes sense. So what, what is the, the bottom line? What's going to happen with the technical school? That big project is underway. Has it been bid yeah, out? Uh, not not bid out. It's in the engineering phase, which will probably uh, take about a year to get schematic designs, I would say. Um, so this is kind of like the meat and potatoes of the project other than bidding and construction. Sure. I mean, it, it's a lot of design work, a lot of input from the faculty, staff, administration, other key stakeholders um, to see what we want. So um, one thing that I was passionate about is that we need flexible workspaces within the within the building um, because 20 years from now um, you know the high demand careers in Erie County may change and we need to be able to adapt those classroom spaces um, to those careers um, is there a whole health part of the votech there are um, many different programs there's a health assistant program okay. right now 
Um, there's um, we'll be looking at different programs to bring in once the renovations underway. And actually, we are um, the director is exploring uh, two to three different new programs to bring to the technical school. Um, one of the things he was passionate about is making sure that we are aligning um, the programs at the tech, technical school with the high demand careers in your right. county, which was something that from the forefront, even when we were interviewing candidates for this director position up at the technical school, I was very passionate about it. And it was one of our interview questions. I mean, how are you going to align the technical school with the high demand? Careers and Fred Walker is the new Fred director, Walker right? is yeah. the uh, um, director of the county technical school. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to find out your perspective on this whole thing with the trades as it as it pertains to both the Erie County Technical School and just the entire the, the entire high, uh, advanced education uh, ecosystem because i've heard this phrase on these microphones you can lead a fish to water but you can't make him drink or a horse to water excuse me a fish has to swim in the water you can lead a horse to water you can't make him drink there is and there has been opportunities for both children and students within the middle school and high school era, as well as adults who are, you know, young adults right out of school to get the, to get these really low cost technical, uh, technical education. Yet the censuses continue to decrease. Yeah. So I, I think we were kind of, talking about this off air a little bit, but, um, you know, there is this stigma that to be successful, you have to go to college and, and at Harbor Creek, over 70% of our, our graduates go to either a two year, four year college. Um, so I, I do believe that there is some sort of implicit stigma, um, for, for kids to go to college, to be successful. And I've definitely been passionate about that in the past few years. We got to we got to make sure that we curtail that stigma um, because there's there's jobs and trades. They're good paying jobs. They they don't lead to a lot of debt. Um, I have a cousin down in uh, Mercer County who's an electrician and he makes with overtime 100 grand and he has no debt. <laughs> right. Right. The how much of this is coming from the parents? I think. Sometimes when I get into these meetings, you hear that the prevailing uh, narrative from parents is even if the parent is a tradesman, if you will, a tradeswoman, they don't want that life for their kid. I don't think college is for everyone. I mean, I, I, I really, truly believe that there are so many different opportunities in the trades that they, uh, you know, good paying jobs with no debt. And and if if uh, if somebody you know the other important part is getting these students exposed to that type of work throughout right. their um, scholastic uh, career, I would say. Have you so, guys talked a lot in Harbor Creek about the whole career street concept of what uh, um, you know, folks at uh, what is it? Um, oh gosh, Erie Together yeah. and uh, and all. Yeah. So at one point, Career Street was a was a function within the Erie County Technical Schools Foundation. Oh, wow. So I actually was on that board too. By <laughs> by, um, uh, when, when you when you're on the Erie County Technical School Board, by default you get on the foundation board. So yeah, we we definitely discussed at length um, Career Street and making sure that those kids can get those experiences. Um, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. Do you think that the career pathways that that the state has been advocating are going to really help maybe make this 
gradual pivot. I, people want uh, here's here's what I'm saying. People think that we could turn on a dime from uh, a pro college to a pro trades mentality. Well, no, that that's not going to turn on a dime. That's going to take years and years, maybe yeah. five to ten years worth of rethinking going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially when you think about a, a kid moves from sixth grade to seventh grade. So you're going to have to have almost a six year shift of kids yeah. to start, you know, instilling um, the pro trade concept in. And, and the other problem is, is that every four, six years when we get a new governor and we get a new legislature, et cetera, they pivot to a new direction anyway. So True. how many pivots have happened in the past 20 years? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. I mean, at some point, you got to stick to a plan based on data and uh, and and see the results. When you when you um, this is going to be a little bit of a rabbit trail. We'll come back. I'll remember. <laughs> but th- th- some so much of this stuff is is yes, very very locally um, locally focused. But then there's things that are macro that come to play. Here we are sitting in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, which is not experiencing much growth is considered anti-business very we have we have a very onerous tax structure at, at some point we're you know we're getting a clock cleaned by the the likes of a north carolina texas or tennessee at some at some point we only can deal with you know within the context that we're working in yeah no i i completely agree i mean the the tax structure in 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 Pennsylvania is uh, it should be uh, obsolete at this point, and, and it's not. Um, so we got to be able to attract businesses and attract a population that continues to leave the state, et cetera. Uh, okay, so uh, let me let me pivot, and uh, I want <laughs> talking about pivoting, right? I I, I want to can't help but think about Ross um, uh, from Friends. Um, <laughs> let's talk about. When you first entered the school board, and and even today, because you're 24, you're you're younger than my two oldest sons. <laughs> I have a daughter that's younger than you. What's it like? What's it like sitting at that school board? And, and again, you had a lot of community support. I get that, but we've had conversations at the at this desk where young leaders are saying, "I just am not getting the respect. I'm not getting." There is a glass ceiling that I'm trying to to burst through. Yeah. What's your experience? No, definitely, definitely the case. Absolutely. I mean, so I realized that that was going to be a uh, a challenge. So when I was 19, running for school board, the, I was running in a in a race that had nine candidates. So my goal in the general election was to take first place, so that at least if I take first place, hopefully the board recognizes that I have community support. I took first place. Maybe this guy should have a little uh, some two cents and, and he has some credibility. Um, so I did take first place and, and uh, that didn't work. <laughs> I, I, the first first year or two was was definitely a challenge. Um, now, uh, being kind of like a senior member of the board, right. in, in, in a sense, I'm the chairman of the finance committee. I'm a treasurer of the board, et cetera. Um, so at this point, I'm, you know, it's it's gone away. But there was a stigma in the first year year and a half and here you have uh maybe a tre- well you're the treasurer of the board but you have accountants and 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 people that that work for the district right that uh, 
you're you're the 24 year old uh, yeah. finance manager. Yeah. You're talking to the the CPA that <laughs> yeah. works for the district. That's yeah. A, and how big is your budget out there? About 15 million or so? Oh or? no 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 30 uh, 34 million. <laughs> okay, undershot it by half. Yeah, it's good a good lord. Big budget. I mean, Harbor Creek is the third largest municipality in the county. Yeah. Erie, City of Erie, Mill Creek, and then Harbor Creek. Amazing. Uh, and of course, known for. No new taxes. Have you been? Have you had to raise taxes for the district? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> with our Peasers contributions for the retirement, uh, I mean, it is just absolutely uh, ridiculous how much we contribute. We contribute about, I want to say, about twenty percent of our budget just goes to Peasers contributions. Are you seeing the kind of pain over the charter schools that the city sees? Uh, it's. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we definitely want to get that addressed and fixed um, through legislation. Um, we've been proactive in the sense that we kind of have a uh, um, what I want to call a Harbor Creek cyber. Ch- you have school. your own. Cyber, we, we have our yeah. own cyber, which, you know, that helps keep the tuition dollars in the district. And, and it, it also serves the purpose of uh, the student need. So it's a it's a good uh, proactive approach. How, how what kind of percentage or how many? What kind of census is in is in charters? Would you remember? Uh, um, I I wouldn't know. It's okay. it's it's not it's nothing drastic. Okay. Um, you know, we pay a lot of money, obviously, to the Erie County Technical School uh, on right. a tuition basis. A lot of our tuition dollars um, on that line item go uh, to the technical school. That's that's incredibly interesting. Uh, when you're going for your master's degree, talk about some hopes and dreams for Justin Gallagher. Oof, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be completely transparent and I've thought about running for political office before and I, I thought about it and I thought about it and then I decided, <laughs> I don't know if I really want to do that. Yeah. I mean, so, um, I, I really, uh, enjoy my, my job at, at, at Wabtech. Um, and right now that's going to be what my focus is. My, I'm, I'm going to be done with the technical school board and the and the Harbor Creek school board coming up here next month already. And you're not re, you're and, not re, and I decided not to run for re-election. Okay. Um, so we'll we'll see what the future holds. But um, you know, I've considered county council. I've considered state representative. I've mm-hmm. considered maybe someday running for state senator. I I don't know. But um, you know, for now, my job takes priority, and and that's what I'm trying to focus on. It's about 11 before 5 o'clock. I'm going to take my break early because I want to ask you, as representing both a 24-year-old and as well as a leader, what your uh, outlook is on some of the political climate that we're living in. Talking to Justin Gallagher, if you want to ask a question, 814-679-1080. Let's talk a little bit of politics. I want to get your your feedback. Let's, uh, as far as... um, are you confident in the overall in the quality of leadership in Erie County, Erie City County, the the townships, the boroughs? I, I think we're better in better shape than we were a couple of years ago, maybe. But um, I, I I still don't think it's what we need. Uh, you know, Erie County in the city of Erie, all of Erie County has lacked leadership for a long time, and it, and it shows in the results. I mean. We had a time uh, recently where our unemployment rate in Erie County was higher than the state and national average for for quite some time. Still, kind of is, and, yeah. it, and it still it still kind of looks like that trend. Um, so, 
I mean, there has to be a problem there. What about this population loss? It's almost reached. I thought we had bottomed out, but the latest numbers are showing almost an ex, uh, acceleration of, of population loss. Yeah, and I mean, from people moving into the city to the suburbs, that's kind of a national trend, so I can see that. But overall loss of people in the entire county, including the city out, I mean, that, that has to be uh, analyzed in, in trying to figure out, hey, why can't we keep people there? And, and, and I'd really believe it's a lack of leadership from the past 20, 30 years. Well, and, and you think about your, your cohort at Barron. How many of your classmates, uh, how much of a brain drain would you say, just even from that 2014 class in Barron did we see? I mean, did most people move out? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, most most do move out. I would say, but and there's that's what they call the brain drain. Correct. Of course, yeah. uh, Ken Louie um, was a professor up at Barron, and he was one of my professors. Uh, he talks about that all the time, and um, it's really important to try to retain those those good folks. They get they get uh, trained up in, in Erie, and then they get shipped off to other places. Well, well you think about it, <laughs> just even Barron by itself, uh, mechanical engineering and plastics engineers, right? Maybe they crank out minimum a hundred a year, uh, graduating. Yeah, there's not a hundred engineering jobs in Erie County, or even in maybe not even in northwestern Pennsylvania. Those 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 guys and girls have to go somewhere. Yeah, and and just getting back to the main point here, I mean, I think it's a, just a multifaceted issue that you could spend hours and hours talking about. But yeah. I mean, overall, it's when when you look at what's going on it has to be due to a lack of leadership that we that we are falling behind the um when it comes to you know handing off leadership i mean it was very easy or i don't know how easy it was but it was seemed to be more seamless to uh allow when the baby boomers were in their mid 20s to re- accept responsibility i i i'm a late boomer I started running something when I was 28 years old. I was a CEO at 28. wasn't a large organization, but it was an organization, right? Where do you see that happening with your generation? Uh, I think it's going to have to happen pretty soon because the with the baby boomer generation retiring in the next 10 years, there's going to be all sorts of vacancies in high-level positions that are, are going to have to be filled um, by millennials. I mean, millennials are obviously the highest... Um, uh, the highest uh, generation uh, population in the workforce. Yeah. And so, do you think that the boomers are going to, even though, are they going to finally go, even if they're going kicking and screaming? No, oh, in the next 10, 15 years, they're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, there's just not going to be any more left there. I'm interested in, in your uh, take on national politics. Um, of course, th- the hopes of the Democrats, and I know you're a Republican, but the hopes of the Democrats are that they will... They will activate the young voters to to uh, a, a progressive agenda. What's your take on all that? I think the uh, I don't know. I mean, I've like I was telling you off air. I mean, a lot of this stuff I haven't been keeping up on as much as I used to. But I, I think it's a poor move for the Democrats politically to, to be searching this uh, impeachment inquiry, mm. because all I think it does is it it re-energizes the base of voters that voted for Trump. It, it, it re-energizes those folks and gets them excited for 2020. It gets those people door knocking. It gets those people volunteering. It gets those people donating money. 
that's what it does and it's like poking the bear or you know waking up the monster or whatever however you want to uh, term that but that's uh I, I don't think it's good uh, move politically for the democrats but uh, from a from looking at it and you're looking at that democratic field they seem to be uplifting the most left wing of the of the members you know, they're they're throwing they're throwing biden under the bus and they're going for elizabeth warren how does elizabeth warren pivot for a general election if she indeed is a nominee uh, you, you can't i mean you're she's just cemented as uh, one of the left of the the democratic party so trying to pivot and in, into a uh, and to get independent votes and moderate votes in a general election is probably near impossible and that's what the democratic party is, has struggled with i mean if they field a, a moderate candidate against trump they have a good chance at winning but if if they end up electing uh uh, some left winger uh, liberal then it's going to be really difficult very interesting you've been listening to the joel natale show erie pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at TalkErie.com. <laughs>